Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. We're going to get right into our study on today. Well, let me give you the scriptures that I have for you that we're going to go over. Those of you that like to write them down and uh, those of you that just like to follow along, let me give you what we have on today. All right. uh, Our scriptures for today, we're going to, I think I got five, six, something of that nature. But anyway, here they are. Uh, the book of Jeremiah, this is the Old Testament. We got one in the Old, two in the Old Testament, the rest of them be New Testament scriptures. Jer- Jeremiah uh, 31, uh, chapter that is, and verse number 31 through 32. That's Jeremiah 31, verse 31 through 32. Then we'll look at the book of Hebrews, the New Testament scripture. Hebrew, the eighth chapter. Verse 6 through 13. It's Hebrew, the 8th chapter, verse 6 through 13. Then there's another in the book of Hebrew, the ninth chapter, verse 11 through 15. Then also in the same book of Hebrew, uh, uh, the ninth chapter, verses 27 and 28. And Zechariah, Zechariah, haven't been there and visited that book in a long time. Zechariah, the 13th chapter, verse 1. And our last for today will be Saint, 1 John, that is, I'm sorry, 1 John 1 and verse 7. So those are our scriptures. I hope I can get to all of them in the time that we have uh, on today. So uh, my uh, uh, thought for today, or text, or if you'd like to write it down, I'm, I'm dealing with uh, the old covenant, the old covenant. You know, there's two covenants that God has made with us. There's the Old Covenant, and then there's the New Covenant. And I want to talk about today uh, a little different between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant has been uh, replaced. Uh, Thank God Almighty, God replaced it. And he replaced it with a better covenant. And the covenant he replaces old with is, hey, it's simple, a new one. So we got the Old Covenant, and we got a New Covenant. And I appreciate God to the highest for the uh, new covenant that he has uh, instituted. He has given to Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ brought it from God to earth and implemented uh, during his earthly ministry. And I appreciate it to the highest because it's, it's, it's better for us. You know, I know when you talk about old, when you talk about new, when uh, people have a problem with uh, new I know I do to a degree, but we all have to get over it, uh, uh, some of these things that we have with new. I know people feel the new because new is unknown, uh, but uh, we're going to talk about this covenant here. If you got your Bible, let's look into uh, Jeremiah 31. Let's see what the Lord is going to say to us. This old covenant, uh, this old covenant here, God gave this covenant to Moses. God gave a covenant to Abraham, which was a covenant of circumcision. And then also here he's dealing with Moses now. Well, God gave Moses a covenant how to deal with the children of Israel, what he wanted him, them to do, how he wanted them to worship, how he wanted them to serve God, how his plan was for them uh, pertaining to laws and regulation and dealing with one another and even dealing with God, 
how did uh, this covenant contains uh, uh, forgiveness of sin. And that's the biggest thing I'm going to talk about today from the old covenant is God's method and plans of forgiveness of, of sin, forgiveness of our sins, or the people's sin at that day and time, rather, how is is different from God's plan and method for forgiveness of sin today. In that day and time, God's method for forgiveness of sin were, well, they had the high priest who offer up a sacrifice to God for himself first, using the bulls and the, and the, and the goats and the rams and what have you, uh, shed their blood and offer up uh, to God offering for themselves, uh, and then in turn offer up uh, to God uh, offering and sacrifice for the sins of the people. Once a year, once a year, God had all the people come to the high priest, come to the high priest that their sins might be forgiven. They did this once a year. And this methodology of forgiving their sins, having their sin uh, forgiven once a year, uh, that it was flawed. It just wasn't good enough. So, you know, once a year they came and uh, stood before the priest and they offered up the sacrifice for their sins. But think about this. You, you come once a year and you have to do it all over again. So I'm just so grateful to God for the plan that he has for us today. It's so much better. So after he offered up the sin for himself and the people once a year, then the people go out and then they they get their sins on them all over again. And check this out. The sin was just for once a year. So you had to do it every year. They had to come together and do this ritual over and over and over once again. And it just didn't get the job done. And God replaced that. He replaced it. Let's look at this word here. Let me read some. You got your Bible. Jeremiah 31. Look at verse number 31. God said, Jeremiah 31 and uh, verse number 31, here's what he said. He said, Behold, the day come, uh, said the Lord, that I will make a new covenant. Y'all see that? God said, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. He said, a new covenant. Why is he making a new one? If, if, if nothing was wrong with what they had, you wouldn't need anything new. If if what Moses had was good, we Jesus, uh, there was no need for Jesus to come to earth. If what Moses had was good, well, what Moses had was good for that day and time. But God saw fit to bring us something better, and so He said, "I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah." Verse number thirty-two. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. There it is, the covenant that God gave them in that day and time, though he led them by the hand out of Egypt. The Lord said, that covenant, they broke it. Although I was a husband unto them, said the Lord, verse 33 said, for this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put my law, there it is, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. So here what God is doing, God is doing a new thing, brothers and sisters. 
He took the law. He took the covenant that he given Moses to give to the people. They broke it. They could not keep it. There was no way in the world that those people could keep God's covenant, God's laws, God's rules and regulation because the laws were written on tablets of stones. So it was the Ten Commandments was written on the stone. And Moses read the Ten Commandments to the people, and the people had to heed the Ten Commandments, live by the Ten Commandments that was written on the stone. But notice, God said right here through uh, the mouth of Jeremiah, he said, I took them by the hand and led them out of uh, Egypt, which my covenant, they break. They broke it. They couldn't keep it. They couldn't. Why? Because it was on the stone and not in the heart. You know, we can't do anything to God. For God, uh, in the way that God wants us to do it, it has to be first in a man's heart. It has to be in our mind. And so this God's word, his commandment was on a tablet, and it was not in the people's heart. So God going to bring a new commandment, a, a new covenant rather, and take it off the stone and put it where? In our hearts and in our mind. Check this out. So he said, uh, although I was a husband unto them said the Lord, verse 33, said, for this commandment shall be the covenant, for this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law in their inward, see that, inward part. God going to take it from the stone and put it on the inward part, and this is where it needs to be. Men and women could never do God's will without uh God's help. God help. I can't do God's will without God's help. Neither can you do his will without God's help. So God is going to take the, the, this covenant, his law that was on tablets of stone and put it where? In the inward part, in our hearts. There it is. And write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. This is what God is going to do. Now, this new covenant that we're talking about that God is going to bring is nothing, about the, is nothing but the plan of salvation that Jesus brought to humanity. This is the new covenant. Okay, out with the old, in with the new. This is the new covenant, what Jesus Christ brought to us on the day of Pentecost, what he implemented, what he taught those disciples, what they taught in terms to the people. This covenant is the new covenant in which we are to heed to. So he said, I'm going to take it and put it on the inward part, and I'm going to write it in their heart. I think God, the word of God is not just in my mouth. It's not just on my tongue. It's just not, I'm not just carrying the Bible under my arm. It's just, the Bible is not just in the window of my car. You know, I see people riding, they have the Bible in the back of the car, in the window. The Word of God is not just in my window of my car. It's not just in my briefcase. The Word of God has to be in our heart in order for us to be able to do this. So here, God wants to take these commandments off the stone and put them in your heart. Let's write it in your mind. Let's write it in your heart. And therefore, you will be able to do the will of God uh, because it's in your heart. Verse 34 says, and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man, uh, every man his brother, saying, 
know the Lord, for they shall all know me. Isn't that wonderful? The Lord said, when I bring this new covenant to pass, everybody going to know me. But you know what? It's sad today. Everybody don't know the Lord. Now, I think everybody knows somewhat of God. Every man, every woman, boy, girl uh, have, have heard that there is a God. They may not know him intimately. They may not have a relationship with him, but they know. They know in their heart because either their parents or their grandparents or, or somebody down the line uh, had or have an experience with God. So the Lord said, everybody going to know, every man, every neighbor, every brother, they all going to know the Lord, for they shall all know me uh, from the least of them until the greatest of them said the Lord, for I will give, I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. Now, this is the difference between the new covenant and the old covenant, and that is the new covenant, the Lord said, I will remember, I will remember, I will remember their sins no more, versus the old covenant, their sins just got pushed forward one year. It was forgiven, yes, but just for one year. And then the next year he had to come back again and ask God for forgiveness again. Oh, I'm so glad I don't have to ask God for forgiveness for the things that I've done 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And you also, the things you've done long, long time ago, you don't want to have to continue to ask God for forgiveness for those things. You don't want those things that you've done years and years ago hanging, dangling over your head. You know, we don't want that. We want to be able to serve God freely uh, with a clear conscience, okay? And this is what God is saying to us today. Now, check this out. The, the new covenant uh, was necessary because the old covenant was inadequate. This is why God brought us a new covenant because the old covenant was inadequate. Whereas the old covenant has been written on stones. There it is. It was on a stone. So Jeremiah prophesied the new covenant would be written in the hearts of God's people. It was inadequate. It was on stone. But the new covenant is going to be in our heart. So this was, I understand what David said now, what David meant when he said, thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Okay, so the word has to be in one's heart in order for him to do the will of God versus on the stone. Okay, and this is what God has said he's going to do. So the old covenant was inadequate, and Jeremiah prophesied that the new covenant would be written on the hearts of God's people. Uh, because of the indwelling uh, of the Holy Spirit, the new covenant would be accompanied by sufficient power. Sufficient power. This is a new covenant. It's going to be accompanied by so the, the, the sufficient amount of power and grace for all God's people to live righteous before God. So the new covenant is going to be uh, the new covenant will be accompanied by, it will be accompanied by a sufficient amount of God's power that God's people will be able to live righteous before God. And this is what the Lord meant when he said, don't you leave from Jerusalem until you be endowed with power from on high. 
So this new covenant is God's word written in our hearts and written in our mind, accompanied with power that, that will enable us to be able to do God's will. Versus in the old days, the old covenant was on the stone, and the people did not have help to do God's will. They didn't have that kind of help. They said, God just told them, love thy neighbor uh, as thyself. Thou should not commit adultery. Thou should not steal. Thou should not covet. Thou should not uh, have any other God before me. Thou should not this. All the whatever the commandments consist of, the, they was on a stone. But the people did not have the help that they need to perform what was written on the stone. Versus now, the commandment is written in our hearts, is written in our minds, and, and, and we have this new covenant that's accompanied by God's Holy Spirit that will help us do what's written in our hearts, in our minds, the, the Word of God. So we have the Holy Spirit. So the new covenant is consists of nothing but God's Holy Spirit that's going to enjoy us and all the believers. So this is what it's saying. So the new covenant, the new covenant will be accompanied by uh, a sufficient power and grace for all God's people. I thank God there. So, uh, you know, God have uh, looked at this old covenant and found uh, flaws, some flaws in it and said, well, I know I asked my people, thou should not steal. I know I told my people, thou should not kill. I know I told my people, thou should not covet, thou should not do this. But, yeah, but they can't help themselves. They can't do anything other than just what I told them not to do. And so this is why God said I have to bring a new covenant where, whereby when I give the people my laws, my regulations, I got to give them power, power, brothers and sisters, power for living, power for everyday act. Activity, power to do God's will, power uh, to help us uh, heed the covenant that be of God. Now, he said, I'm going to put my law in their inward part. There it is. Okay, a, distinct, a distinctive feature of the new covenant is God's grace. There it is. A distinctive feature of the new covenant is God's grace, God's gift, and God's giving the believers a new heart and nature. So the distinctive feature of this new covenant is the gift of God, which is I have a new heart. I have a new nature. But with the old heart and with the old nature, there was no way, as I said, that I could carry out what God said carry out. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. There was no way possible that I could carry out and, and do all those things that God said thou shalt not do because uh, the old heart that I had, the old heart that those people had, the old nature that they had, there was no way they could do it. And God uh, realized that God knew that, and therefore he implemented a new covenant, which is God's gift of a new heart and a new nature. This is why David said, uh, I, uh, David said, my heart is fixed. See, God got to fix your heart. God got to give you a new heart. God have to give all of us a new heart, a new mind to do his will. A new heart and nature to all believers who believe in Christ so that they may spontaneously, spontaneously love and obey the Lord. So with this new covenant, God has given you and I a heart and a mind that we can spontaneously 
I mean, spontaneously love him. So with this new covenant, I can love God. I mean, just automatically, spontaneously, I can love God. I can obey God. I can do God's will with this new heart and with this new mind. But with the old, I could not do it. All right. Now, the ability to respond to the Lord comes from the Holy Spirit. This is why, this is why Jesus told the disciples, you, without me, you can do nothing. So the ability, the, the ability, brothers and sisters, to respond to God comes from the Holy Spirit dwelling within the believers and the regeneration and the new birth. So without the new birth, without being regenerated, without the Holy Spirit, there's no way we have the ability to respond to God's uh, uh, command. All right? There's no way. And check this out. Here's, here's one thing. I thank him so much for this new covenant, this new covenant that God is talking about. What, there's one sure way that you can know that you are saved. Not that you join the church, put your name on the roll, gave the preacher your hand and gave God the heart. That's, that's not the way you know you're saved. The way you know you saved, here it is right here. Here, how, how do I know I'm saved? When I joined the church and, and my family had been in this, this is uh, the church that the family attend for years. I know I'm saved because my name is on. Oh, no, 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 brother. That is not the way you know. One sure way to know that we are saved, people, uh, we are know that we are saved because we who participate in the new covenant, is whether we uh, possess a desire to please God and to live by his righteous laws. So here is the way that you know that you are saved because you have a, 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 a mind and a desire to please God and live by his righteous laws and standards. This is the only way. Not that my name is on the roll, not that I gave the preacher my hand, not that I, I, I got on the mourner's bench. No, that is not the way you know that you're saved. You know that you're saved because you have a desire to do God's will. Anybody out there have a desire to do God's will? I thank God today for the mind that he has given me to want to do God's will. And even though I have a mind to do God's will, I know I can't fully do God's will without help. And that help is accompanied, that new covenant that we're talking about, that's accompanied by the Holy Spirit that will give me sufficient power and sufficient grace to live uh, before God, to live and carry out God's will. There it is. So this new covenant is nothing but the plan that Jesus brought to the disciples, and they in turn gave it to his people. Now the new covenant, I say, is so necessary. It's so necessary because the old covenant was inadequate. It was inadequate. It couldn't get the job done because it was written on a stone. You can't keep something that's on a stone that's not in your heart. You got So what God done, God took his writing, he took his commandment from the stone and put them in the people's heart. Therefore, if the word of God is in your heart, you can best keep it. That's why I encourage everybody, know your word. Read your word. You got to know your word. How are you going to do it if you don't know it? Read your word. Don't take the preacher word for it. Well, he read it. No, he may have missed something. You got to know your word, brothers. You got to read your word for yourself. No way you can do it if you don't know it. All right? You can't do it if you don't know it. 
I remember even uh, reading some uh, about when uh, Abraham Lincoln and all those men signed the uh, uh, proclamation of a, a declaration of proclamation of those laws that set the slaves free. A lot of them did not know they were free because they could not read. It, 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 was, it was days and weeks and months before the word actually got to some of those slaves that they were free. They couldn't read. Somebody had to come around and tell them, y'all free. What? Y'all are free. You can go now if you want to. So many of them didn't get the news they, because, of, look, the owners didn't tell them. So if they couldn't read it, how could they know? Somebody had to tell them that they were, many of them was free. So it is with the word of God. You got to know your word. You have to read your word, have a relationship with God, because God has brought a, a, a new covenant to, uh, with us, to us, and I thank God for this new covenant. Come go with me, Father. Let's go in the book of Hebrews, the New Testament. Come over there, Hebrews, the 8th chapter. Take a look at this right here. Hebrews, the 8th chapter, 8th chapter, verse number 6, where Paul is talking about this new covenant uh, that, that God has implemented. Okay, check this out. Hebrews, the 8th chapter, and verses number 6. Here we go. But now has he, talking about Jesus, obtain a more excellent ministry. So Jesus had a more excellent ministry than what Moses had. It was better. Yeah, and I thank God for this excellent ministry, whereby, uh, he said, by how much also he is the mediator of a better, there it is right there, he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. So what I'm saying, what you and I have now versus what the people had in the Old Testament, we have a better covenant which was established upon better promises than what they had. I know they were rejoiced to have what we have today, but they didn't. But we are blessed by God to have a better covenant, and there are better promises, better promises in this covenant to you and better promise in this covenant to myself than what they had. But check this out in verse number seven. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there it is. See, something was wrong with it. They couldn't do it. It wasn't their fault. But if the first covenant had been faultless, it was not faultless, then should no uh, place have been sought for the second. So if nothing was wrong with the first covenant, we wouldn't be talking about a new covenant. Something was wrong with it. The people couldn't do it. They couldn't keep it. They couldn't obey it. They couldn't follow it. No way, because they didn't have help. They just had God's rules, his regulation, his commandment, but they had no help, no strength within, no power within for them to do it. Verses now. Nobody can say, well, no, I can't do that. I know the Lord said do this. I know he said pray. I know he said seek it. I know he said live a certain way. I've been trying to do do right. I just can't. No, no, you stop that talking. Nobody can uh, talk like that today because we have help. There's no excuse 
for anybody saying they can't live the way God asked them to live. There's no no uh, uh, answer, a good answer, that no one can give for anything that we do wrong today because God told us not to do it, and then God gave us his Holy Spirit to give us power, help, and strength to not do it. That's what the people in the old covenant did not have. Brothers and sisters, they did not have the Holy Spirit of God, which you and I have today. Everybody that want God, that need God, that, that want God and desire God, God comes into their life and gives them his commandments, and then he gives them the Holy Spirit that will enable you, brothers, that will enable you, sister, to do God's will. There it is. So he said right here, for if the first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. Verse 8. For finding fault with them. Look at that. There it is right there. For finding fault with them, God did. God looked at them and said, they can't do it. They can't do it. They can't live it. They can't keep it. Versus us today, we can't say that, brothers and sisters. If we mess up, we mess up because we want to. Uh, but we can't say, we don't have a, the privilege of saying what they said in the Old Testament or what they did in the Old Testament. We don't have that privilege that they had because we got something more. Well, the scripture said we have, we have a better covenant which was established upon better promises. I got just a little bit more than what they had, but I cannot use that excuse. Okay, you cannot use that excuse either. If God told you to do something, you need to be doing it, brother. If God told you to do something, you need to be doing it, sister. No, there is no excuse. The Bible said that thou art unexcusable, old man, whosoever thou art. There's no excuse. You don't have one. I don't have one. Why? Because we got more than what they had back then. Thank God for having more. Thank God for help. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the day comes, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day which I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, said the Lord. Verse 10 said, for this covenant, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law in their mind. I thank God for putting it in my mind. Brothers and sisters, I want to know today, is it in your mind? Is it in your heart to do God's will? It got to be there. It must be there. It's imperative that it be there. If it's in the mind, you can do it. If it's in the heart, you can do it. Oh, yeah, why we can't do it is not in our heart. It's not in our mind. But God said, I'm going to put it in the mind. you got to desire it. Lord, put it in my mind. Lord, put it in my heart. He said, I'm going to put it in their minds, and I'm going to write it in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be unto me a people, and they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, uh, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, uh, from the least of them to the great. Verse 12 said, For I will be merciful unto him. Here what God said when I give you this new covenant. 
check this out. When I give you this new covenant, accompanied by the Holy Spirit, God said, I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquity will I remember no more. I'm so glad God don't remember what I did 20 years ago. I'm so glad God don't bring it up, and I know you are too. And I want to encourage you, don't let people bring up your past. I know people like to bring your past up before you. They like to hold it before you. I remember, yeah, I remember when you used to drink with us. I remember when we used to get that 45. I remember that crown roll. Oh, yeah, I remember. Don't let people bring your past up. God don't remember the past. Uh, but people want you to uh, remember the past and hold you in the past. Don't let people tell. I remember when you when you used to so and so. Don't 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 allow them to do that. Yeah, that was my past, and my past is done. My past is over. So God said, I will be merciful unto their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquity. I will remember no more. So if God said, I'm not going to remember anymore, Thomas. I'm I'm not going to allow anybody else to remind me of what it was. Verse number 13 says, In that day he said, A new covenant he has made the first old. Yeah, there it is. He had made the first old. Now that which decays and waxes old is ready to vanish away. So that old covenant is no longer useful to us today because God said uh, it's old, it's decayed, it's waxed old, and it is ready to vanish away. We no longer need it. We couldn't keep it anyway. So we just thank God for this new covenant that he has given to us in these last and evil days. Brothers and sisters, I thank God for the new covenant. Now, check this out in verse chapter 9. In the same book, same book of Hebrew. Hebrew chapter 9 uh, in verse number 11. Check this out. Paul continued to talk about this new covenant uh, that he, God Almighty, had brought down. And look at verse number 11. Uh, Hebrew 9 and verse number 11. But Christ, y'all follow me? Hebrew 9 and 11. You got it. You know your Bible. Come on. But Christ being come and high priest. Yes, he was. Of good things to come. See, he, Jesus was a high priest of good things versus the high priest in the Old Testament. He was a high priest of good things to come. Oh, I thank God for the good thing that Jesus has brought to us being our high priest. Uh, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Now, the tabernacle that they had in the Old Testament, they had a tabernacle. It was described the way God said for it to be, and walls within a holiness of holiness. And then there, there was a, a chamber which the high priest could not go into, which was called the holiness of holiness. He could only enter into there once a year. If he went in any other time, God would kill him. So once a year, he could only enter into that area, the holiness of holiness, once a year to ask God for forgiveness of his sin and the sins of the people. Oh, brothers and sisters, but this tabernacle here that God has brought to us, it's a more perfect tabernacle. It's a more perfect place of worship. We can go to the church anytime we get ready and go down on our knees and pray to God. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You can just go down whenever you want to go down and have a word of prayer. Versus the old tabernacle, you couldn't go in there but once a year. 
so we have a more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Verse number 12 says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place. Now, this particular tabernacle, the tabernacle of God, it says that Jesus entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. So the high priest had to go in there once a year, continually, for the sins of the people. Jesus Christ went in once. He was offered just one time. Not every year when he went to the cross. He don't go to the cross every year for our sins. He went one time and one time only, and therefore everything is set, is fixed, and there's nothing between my soul and my Savior now. There are no wall between us. No walls at all between us. Uh, because Jesus tore down all the walls that were blocking me from my Savior. Uh, there were walls that were blocking the people from God in that day and time. And that wall was the middle wall of a tissue uh, in that tabernacle. Now, but he said, notice, uh, the blood of goats and calves. That's what they had to shed back then for the sins of the people. But now, I thank God, I thank Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ's blood was more precious than the blood of bulls and goats and calves that was shed for our sin. I don't need a goat to die for me. I don't need a ram or a bull to die for me, to shed his blood for me, and it only lasts for one year. But I thank God we have a high priest, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood at one time, and that blood covered my sins forever. Verse number 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and of ash and the ash of an heifer sprinkled the unclean, sanctifieth uh, to the for purifying of the flesh. If that blood, the blood of the bulls and the goats, sprinkled, if it if it sanctified and it purified the people's flesh, yeah, just for one year. Just for one year, that's all they will do. Verse 14 says, how much more, there it is, how much more shall the blood of Christ, oh, thank God for Jesus, the blood of the bulls and the blood of heifer will work just for one year, brothers and sisters. Oh, but the blood of Christ, oh, yeah, look and check this out. But the blood of Christ, who, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, Purge your country from dead work to serve a living God. So the blood of Jesus that he served, that he gave, that he shed for us, always was more precious than the blood of bulls and goats. Oh, yes, it got the job done, my brothers and my sisters, the blood of Christ. Check this out. I'm reading just a little bit further. Now look down in the same book. That's the verse number 27. Look at verse number 27. It says, and and as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Uh, verse 28 says, so Christ was, there it is, for Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. There it is. Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. He wasn't offered every year like the bulls and the goats and the turtle doves and everything else to help us offered every year. So Christ was offered once. Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time 
without sin unto salvation. So I thank God for the blood of Christ. Oh, you don't know how important this new covenant is. The blood of Jesus is so important. The blood that God shed on Calvary for you and I. Oh, this blood, this blood, the blood. I thank God today for the blood of Jesus that covered my sin uh, forever and ever. The blood is so important. We used to sing a song back there in the church, uh, the blood that Jesus shed for me. Yeah, that blood on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength, oh, the blood that flows, yeah, I thank God for the blood. Oh, yes, the blood of Jesus, the blood, there's, there's power in that blood that Jesus shed, power to do God's will. Check this out. Let me show you just a little something of what this blood is able to do. The blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is central to the New Testament, the concept of redemption. At, at his death on the cross, Christ gave his innocent blood in order to remove to remove our sin and to reconcile us with God, to God. So God gave his innocent blood on the cross to reconcile us to God and forgive us of our sin. Uh, by his blood, Christ uh, accomplished the following thing. You want to know what the, this new covenant and what the blood of Christ accomplished? Accomplish? Let me show you what it accomplished. Number one, his blood Forgive the sins of all who repent and believe. That's what the blood does. The blood of a bull, the blood of a goat will not forgive you or your sin, what you've done. It won't work no more. It don't happen. Only once a year, and it was no good. No good. God replaced it because it was fault, had fault with it. Now, check this out. Uh, his blood uh, forgives sins of all who repent and believe. I know you repent. I know you believe. His blood ransomed all believers from the power of Satan and the evil power. So I thank God for the blood of Jesus is ransomed. It ransomed all the believers from the power of Satan and from the, uh, the evil power. So the power of Jesus that he shed, that, power, that blood is so powerful that it redeems me from the power of Satan. It bought me back. It bought my soul. It paid the price, amen, on Calvary. So it ransomed me from the power of Satan and the evil power that might be that might be that exists. The blood of Jesus does this. His blood justifies all who believes in him. So all that believe in Jesus Christ, you are justified. You are no longer condemned. You are no longer guilty. The blood of Jesus has just has, has justified you, my brother. The blood of Jesus has justified all who believe in him. Not only that, the blood of Jesus, his blood cleansed the believer conscious that he might serve God without guilt in full assurance. The blood of Jesus, it, what it does, it, it cleanses uh, the believer's conscience. So my conscience has been cleansed. It has been cleansed. So therefore, the thing that I've done 20 years ago, brother, I can say right now that my conscience is clear. My conscience has been cleansed. That sin lies no longer before me. It no longer will hold me bound. Neither should it hold you bound. So the blood of Jesus cleansed, oh, thank God. It cleansed the believer conscience. 
Believe me, you need your conscience cleansed. Because some of you have done some terrible things. And I'm not trying to throw you under the bus because I'm under the bus right there with you. But what I'm saying is the blood of Jesus cleans your conscience from all those bad things that you have done. So you can serve God without guilt. Isn't that wonderful? What more could we ask for this in this new covenant? The blood of Jesus, it forgives you of your sins. Cleanse your conscience that you can serve God without guilt. You can't serve God guilty. Oh, you if you're guilty, you don't want to come before God. If you're guilty, you can't even hold your head up. You can't look at God. You're just looking down all the time. But I thank God for his blood cleansing our conscience. I can lift my hand. I can lift up my head. The Bible says lift up your head, oh ye gates, and, and, and be ever lifted up. So God said, lift up your head, So, but I can't lift my head up if I'm full of guilt. No. So the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ has cleansed our conscience, and we are no longer full of guilt, full assurance right now. Not only that, the blood, his blood sanctified the people of God. And his blood opened the way for believers to come directly before God. In the Old Testament, the people could not come directly before God. They had to go to the high priest, and the high priest go to God for them. But I thank God for this new covenant, the blood that Jesus shed it for you and I. I can go directly to God. Somebody said, I can go to God now. Brothers and sisters, you can go to God in prayer about it, whatever it is. You can go to God yourself. You don't have to go to the pastor, pastor, pray for me. I say go to God yourself. Pray for yourself. It's all right to ask someone to join in with you, join in with me as I go to God. But I'm telling you today that because of this new covenant, you can go to God yourself. If the blood of Jesus allows you and calls you, you can come before God directly before Christ in order to find grace, mercy, and help and salvation. Not only that, but the blood of Christ, it guarantees, it is a guarantee of all the promises uh, that's, that are in the New Testament. I thank God for the blood of Jesus. It's saving. It's saving, reconciling, and it's purifying power of Christ. It's continually appropriate. It's continually appropriate. This blood is always appropriate. It's appropriate today. It'll be appropriate tomorrow. It is essential. It's essential for our continually, our continually growth, for us to continue to grow as believers. If we draw nigh to God, the power that's in the blood, this new covenant, there's power, brothers and sisters, in the word of God. There's power in the blood. I thank God for the blood. I want to encourage you, stay under the blood. Stay under the blood of the blood of Jesus because there's power in the blood. When you find yourself weak and about to fall, brother, get under the blood. Stay under the blood. I thank God today for being under the blood. Look at one more scripture I'm going to go to in the book of Old Testament, in the book of Zechariah. In the book of Zechariah, check this out. Now, Zechariah, we don't have him went there in a long time. I hope you can find it right behind it. The last book in the Old Testament is Malachi. Okay? The last book in the Old Testament is Malachi. Right in front of Malachi is Zacharias. Can you find it? I know you got it. All right. Zacharias front is right in front of Malachi. 
Let's see what God said. Listen to what he's saying right here uh, through Zechariah. God said in verse number one, Zechariah 13, 1, he said, In that day, there Zechariah is prophesying, in that day there shall be a fountain open. He's talking about this new covenant that God is going to introduce, that God is about to bring to the Gentiles, that God is bringing to the house of Israel. And this new covenant is, is still in force. It's still, God is still waiting on the Jews. He's still waiting on the Jewish people to become a part and take part in this new covenant. He said, in that day there shall be a, what? a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitant of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. So God said by Zechariah, so in that day he prophesied, there shall be a fountain. Can you imagine? I can see it right now. There shall be a fountain open, yeah, for the house of David and the house of Israel. And this fountain is going to be, amen, for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin. And you can go to this fountain, brothers and sisters, and you can have your sins forgiven. I encourage everybody, men, boys, and girls, you need to come to this fountain. I never forget hearing my old bishop, amen, quote the saying, amen, from time to time. He would quote this old saying that there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein, and sinners plunge beneath that blood, and they lose their guilt and their stain. I thank God for the fountain. I thank God one day, brother, I will dip in the fountain. Oh, yes, I went down in that fountain of blood, and I lost all my guilt and stain. This is what Zechariah is talking about. In that day, there shall be a fountain open. I thank God I found that fountain. I thank God I plunged beneath that fountain. And when I came up, thank God Almighty, when I came up, I lost all of my guilt. All of my stain, all of my sin, through the shed blood of Jesus, Jesus' blood has washed me clean. And it'll do the same thing for you today, my brothers and sisters. Oh, I thank God for the blood today. Oh, the blood, the blood, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. I thank God I've been dipped in the blood in that fountain. I pray that you found your way to that fountain, that fountain of blood that came from our Lord and our Savior vein. I pray that you went down, amen, and was dipped and came up clean and, and lost all your guilt and stain. You must go to the fountain. So today I want to submit to you, if you haven't been to that fountain, you need to make your way on down. You need to find that fountain that Zechariah talked about that feel that's filled with blood that drawn from Emmanuel's vein and find your way yes find your way going down going down amen and and being dipped in that in that fountain to lose all your guilt and stain now my last scripture going back to the New Testament check this out I thank God for that fountain I thank God for that fountain, this new covenant Jesus talked about that he's going to establish. It's better than the old, much, much better than the old. I thank God today I found that fountain of blood. I'm so glad there's power in the blood. There's healing in the blood. There's delivered in the blood. Everything you need is in the blood of the Lamb. I want to encourage you today, my brother, stay under the blood. Oh, yes, stay under the blood of Jesus, and you can make it in this old evil world. This old sinful world, if you 
stay on in the blood. There's nothing can touch you if you stay on in the blood. We are covered today by the blood that was drawn from Emmanuel's vein. Check this out what he said in John. 1 John 1 and verse number 7. Check this out. I thank God for the blood. I'm not talking about the blood of bulls and blood of goats. That can't do me no good, but the blood of Jesus. Oh, yes, the blood of Jesus, the blood that he shed on the cross. Brother, that blood will help you. That blood will give you power for living. That blood will strengthen you. That blood will free you from your guilt. It will free you from the stain. It will free you from your sin. And you can live a good life before God and be ready when he comes to take the church away. First uh, John 1 and verse number 7, he said, but if we walk in the light, there it is. And we're going to do this. But if we walk in the light, y'all see it? First John 1 verse 7, you got it. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, oh, thank you, Lord, from all sin. I thank God for the new covenant that consists of the blood drawn from Emmanuel's vein, and this blood will cleanse you. The reason why people are not cleansed, they have not met Jesus. They have not uh, encountered that new covenant that the Bible talks about. We are living in a New Testament time. We're living under a new time, a new era called grace and truth. This new covenant you need to know about. It. You need to find out about it because under this new covenant, you got to be dipped in the blood to be covered. You have to be dipped in the blood to be forgiven of all your sin. There it is. Verse 7, he said, I thank God if you walk in the light as he is in the light, and we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, there it is, my brother, I thank God. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. I thank God for being clean today. The out with the old, in with the new. I'm embracing the new. What the new has for me, what it has for you. Thank God for the new covenant. Brother, get under the new covenant. Get under the new covenant. And his new covenant will forgive you all your sin. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sin. There it is. It cleanses us from all of our sin. Thank God for the blood that was drawn from Emmanuel's vein. And sinners, sinners, you and I, we plunge beneath the blood and lose all our guilt and stain. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.